Clear. background noise throughout the day but it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really no good background noise That's yeah right. this is this is the best seat in the house we got sky riders now we got sky riders, we got sky riders they, now they, does that say you can't i can't it's got a runway in the front yard <laughs> and you're in sight clear west turkey special ground good afternoon sir taxi via foxtrot and delta night into Friday looks nice and dry. Highs in the lower 80s and lows in the mid 60s. I'm Pat St. John and that was your EAA afternoon update. EAA You're in uncontrolled airspace. EAA Radio welcomes back the long-running general aviation podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, to share the microphone for 90 minutes of virtual hangar flying. Now, here are the voices in your head, the UCAP gang, Jeb Burnside, Dave Higdon, and the producer and stage manager for Uncontrolled Airspace, Jack Hodgson. Who writes this stuff? (laughs) Good evening, Oshkosh, and uh, welcome to episode 199 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Somebody let Jack Jack write the intro again. (laughs) (laughs) We're recording this episode on uh, Monday evening, July 26, 2010. And once again, we are recording on location from the center of the aviation universe. We're on the grounds of the 2010 edition of the world's greatest aviation celebration, AirVenture Oshkosh. We are back as guests again of our friends at EA Radio, and we're up in their second-floor studio overlooking the flight line. Uh, this is the very closest building to the Airshow flight line, so we're right where the action is. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll set the scene for you. But first, let me say hi to all my friends here in the virtual hangar. Uh, as they mentioned in the little in the little open here, uh, Jeb and Dave are here. Jeb Burnside is here. Hi, Jeb. How you doing? I'm well, Jack. Thanks for asking. Dave uh, Dave Higdon is here. Hi, David. How you doing? Uh, amazed to be here. Yeah, you must be worn out. You got a hard job this week. Yeah, you do. Uh, it's it's you know the the calluses eventually come off the cheeks of my butt. But <laughs> and Amy Labote is here. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? I'm doing. I was doing really really well until he mentioned the calluses. <laughs> TMI. And we're also pleased to have another friend of the podcast here with us this evening. Alan Clapmeyer has joined us for a few minutes. Hi, Alan. How are you? Hi there. Very good. Thanks. So uh, here we are. We finally made it, and uh, and they actually pulled this show together. We've been doing our little UCAP yeah. dailies for a few days and uh, describing the, uh, the the very very unprecedented circumstances out here the last few days. But uh, it's coming together nicely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm impressed. I was I, I didn't know what to expect after uh, the the um, uh, the weather problems and and uh, ground soak problems and parking problems and everything else. Didn't you know? Woke up this morning, first day of the show. Okay, let's you know, let's go see what's going on, and uh, a lot of people here, n- not cl- nearly as many people as have been here on a first day in the past, but still, it's a very respectable turnout. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, all things considered, uh, perhaps uh, surprisingly good. Yeah, David, you didn't get a chance to get out and about too much, but uh, you have any any reaction or observations about the uh, day one here? Well, that's. Uh, make it to the, the last three days it's just been staggering 
coming around the North 40 campground yeah, the last three mornings and seeing acres of empty space uh, with smattering of tents, particularly up on the West End where the American Bonanza Society is camped. And high the, ground. <laughs> yes, the high ground. The high and, ground, right, yeah. And the uh, Cessna Pilots Association without the Cessnas, uh, they've got their tent city up there, no airplanes, because it was just a little too sodden to put tires on until, yeah. I think, today. Yeah. So, uh, it, But it's it's filled up amazingly quickly. I mean, yesterday... Uh, the day before Sunday, we normally will see twenty five hundred, three thousand airplanes come in. We had three hundred and sixty odd. Yeah, and, I mean one tenth of what we normally have here because of the ground being so. Right. so. Yeah, but now it's catching up. It's catching up for sure. It's catching up it's very catching quickly. Sure. Yeah. And and I think it's important to get that message out. I mean, first of all, when you think about Oshkosh and some of the great characteristics here, it's everybody pulling together and making things work. So Absolutely. in spite of the fact that there's a little bit of mud, a few puddles left, everybody's making stuff work. And now we need to go tell everybody else that decided maybe they shouldn't come to Oshkosh because it rained a little bit. Hey, you know, the rain dries up and evaporates and get to Oshkosh. Where else would you rather well, be? And, and the weather in other parts of the country that had been a significant barrier to a lot of folks coming in, that's finally broken up and, there's, and there, it coming in. There's no snow in northern Minnesota right now. It's not, it can't use that as an excuse. Oh, is, it that, is this the week of the year that that happens? <laughs> this is that week. This is that week, yeah. Amy, what's your reaction been so far? You've been here for a couple of days, right? Well, yeah, actually. I got here uh, late, late on Saturday, um, thanks to the uh, commercial airline crew scramble process of the canceled flights into Milwaukee for days oh, yeah, before that. Yeah. Um, but I got here, and so I can say thank you very much, Southwest Airlines. You did get me here. It's a shame you don't know anybody who lives in Southwest Florida that's coming up here in his own airplane. Yeah, it would have just been a shame. You know, we, <laughs> we really need to talk more often, We do. <laughs> So, yeah, do you, you, you guys didn't know you were both going to be here? <laughs> hadn't checked the schedule yet to see what was going on this week. Yeah. <laughs> woke, up, woke up one morning and said, oh, I'll, I'll just go fly to Oshkosh today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk some more about the uh, conditions around the field and the events uh, going on all around uh, Whitman Field in, uh, throughout the next hour and a half. But, Alan, I know you can only stay for a few minutes, and uh, we're pretty excited to hear about your new venture, your new uh, adventure. Uh, tell us what you're up to these days. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate the interest. Uh, it's been an interesting year, and uh, obviously having a new project uh, makes the next couple of years look even more interesting. What we've decided to do is uh, join the team that was doing the Kestrel Turboprop. It's a new company called Kestrel Aircraft Company. And, you know, great big gigantic composite airplane that'll fly fast, carry a whole bunch of weight in and out of small runways that are a long distance from here. Seems like a lot of fun. Now we got to do is the simple part: get get the rest of the money together and certify it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So not, uh, not not you. You haven't been through that. Or, uh, we, we've been through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, FAA certification, you know, it, it is not nearly as bad as people think. It's a lot of work, but heck, that's what people do is work, right? right. So we're going to get out there and do the work. Yeah. You were very excited, uh, I think justifiably, about the Cirrus jet, uh, and now you've moved on to a little bit different high-performance airplane. How do you compare the two? Yeah, completely different niche. One of the things, and I, and I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, mostly good-natured jabs about this. Feed, feedback's the word we like to Feedback. Use. I'm going to get some feedback about this, and at which point I will remind the people to go back and look more carefully at what I said. And that is that <clears throat> the, the problem with a turboprop, a turboprop engine is that 
you take a jet engine and then you add a heavy expensive gearbox to it and a heavy expensive propeller to it. So what you end up with is a heavier and more expensive airplane. So you got to have a lot more of something else to offset that to get to the value proposition that would have somebody pay you a bunch of money to buy the airplane. So in this case, it's a significantly larger airplane than the Cirrus jet or the Diamond jet or the Eclipse, some of those airplanes would be. It fits a little bit different mission, and part of that is payload, heavier airplane so it can carry more. And the other part that turboprops are really good at is accelerating that weight and decelerating that weight, which, of course, means shorter runways. And so, you know, for me, I like the idea of going in out of grass runways that are a long ways away. Obviously, it, it's also a lot of volume, a lot of space for people who just want the bigger airplane. Mm-hmm. So what's the, uh, what's the plan? What's the schedule? What's the prognosis? Um, well... Not surprisingly, the schedule is we're not sure yet. (laughs) The plan is we're working on it, and the prognosis is it's going to be great. (laughs) Was that specific enough? I think I answered all your questions. You can't say I dodged the question. That's right. No, they've been working on this airplane for a long time, and a lot of great engineering has gone into it. It's got some hours, right? It's done some flights. Yeah, it's got some hours. And, And what's even more fun, as I've been working with these guys and gradually developing this project, we started talking last November, that when I would ask a question, they would come back and they'd have these multiple studies on the different answers and ways to look at the answer. So I I love the fact that they've already explored possibilities. And so that's what we're going to do again, is explore possibilities. Does it need that much horsepower? Are there dimensions that we want to change? You know, what, what gets it to the most efficient production system? And while we decide about those things, you obviously don't know what the schedule is or what the price is. So we'll we'll come to that conclusion over again after we reexamine things. Mm-hmm. Now, if memory serves, this started Does life what, what as serve? Got, remind, memory, remind, memory, memory, yeah. memory. I actually wrote it down like a Clarence. <laughs> this started life as the Farnborough F one. Yeah, yeah. The history of this program was Farnborough Aircraft uh, in the late nineteen nineties. And, and very deliberately targeted as an air taxi airplane for Europe. So in the beginning, they were thinking more about volume of the cabin than other things. Obviously, that's evolved through the years, and you know, we're still waiting to see the different ways that the air taxi market might, might develop. But in the meantime, it still comes down to, you, you know, not, nothing matters to get final certification from some authority, they were working with EASA in the beginning, now it's the FAA. And where my head was going is that that's one of the reasons why this project has so much history already, so yeah. much data, is because they've worked from that initial program through a couple of evolutions to something closer to what you're, work, what you're signing on to. Yeah, and, and most importantly, the target was always certification. So from the very beginning, they were thinking about the documentation necessary to do that. It's a good-looking airplane. What, what is your role going to be? We're still trying to figure that out. The, the title will be CEO, but I'm, I think that if you ask the people back at the display, my role is to go get the water when they need it and make sure that the carpet is in the right place. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, now, we're, we're putting together a pretty good-sized team that uh, includes a lot of people that I've worked with in the past and some other extraordinary people that are based in England or based out west or down south. So uh, I get to help point the direction. Presuming you get to the point of, of manufacturing, will that be done here in the States or overseas or a little bit above? Well, there's or? an interesting story there also. The, the manufacturing is going to get done in Brunswick, Maine, at what was the Brunswick Naval Air Station, which got bracklisted in 2005 and is going through the final closing now. The, the P-3 Orion squadrons that were there have moved down to Jacksonville. Why, I can't imagine. The last I heard, it was hot and humid down there. 
and rarely snows in Jacksonville. Rarely snows. <laughs> but anyway, you know, obviously it's a huge economic impact to the, the, the main communities there. So they started an economic development process to try and figure out what goes in. And we came along at the right time, and there's a great big building there that turns out it was ideally set up to be an aircraft manufacturing plant. And uh, we've worked together quite well and had a good uh, good process going. The Hawker Beach people don't know about that building, do they? Uh, not that I know of, but they might now. This is David Zaks. He's going to grind this one for a while. <laughs> I, I am just beginning to, to sharpen that one. Yeah, right. That's right. Beautiful area up there in Brunswick. As a New England guy, I want to thank you for uh, coming to our, our part of the country. And uh, uh, it's going to be great to have you up there. Well, the way I think of it is it's Minnesota with mountains. So it's, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm sure all my <laughs> Maine friends are going to love that. <laughs> they, I, well, I, I, they probably think of Minnesota as Maine without mountains yeah, and without probably, the ocean. Yeah, and just a little too flat. So. And, and that, that description sounds much better. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, you know we both right. got white pines. Yeah. So, well, that's great. We look forward to hearing more about this new project, and, uh, and, and we'll certainly invite you back over and over as time goes on to tell us more about it. We, in the few minutes before you have to take off, um, how's life? You, you, we know you're a, you're a passionate general aviator, and uh, how, how what are you, you been doing some flying? I've been, I do about 500 hours a year in my yes. Cirrus. It's uh-huh. still the only way I get around North America. I have a special part, part of my heart set aside for those or people that are stuck waiting for Southwest Airlines and day after day after day. He looks at uh, Amy when he says that. <laughs> you should. There's, there's a whole story I, I, as to why I didn't bring the RV-10, but we'll get to that later. Okay. P- aviation is so fantastic. We just do a really lousy job of selling it. You know, whether it, you're flying for the fun of it. Amen. Right. Flying for the fun or flying to get right. someplace. This is the way that people ought to be getting around. And it won't be everybody, but... A lot more people ought to be able to do it, and we need to tell them about it. We need to demonstrate it to them. We need to work harder with the general news media that doesn't understand and takes general aviation as just a punching bag. If they had any clue what we get to do, they'd all be saying, me too, how do I get there? We could probably figure out a way to include them. There's a couple more camping spaces here. A lot of folks that have have taken along on on, on little short trips or on rides. So where can you go? Where do you want to go? Yeah. Well, anywhere. I mean, Mexico, Cayman Islands, uh, uh, Canada, uh, across the Atlantic. Uh, I mean, a guy came to Oshkosh in an ultralight helicopter across the North Atlantic. So where do you want to go? You can go anywhere. But I, I, I think... In terms of selling, not selling, but enlightening the general Educating, public, yep. we need to just give up on the general media because they don't seem to be getting any smarter about no. any topic that they deal with. Well, the, the important part about trying to educate them about aviation is that it's a much simpler topic than economics, and they keep getting that one wrong. So I keep hoping if we can teach them about aviation, then maybe they'll be more open-minded about economics. <laughs> you're, you're, far, you're far more optimistic <laughs> than me. I'm an optimistic person. We, we, we live in a great place. we got a lot of cool things going on. Well, I, All I have to do is make I, it work. I worked in that business for a long time. I know those people. Run, do an in run. Trust me. <laughs> do an in. Just, just go around them. That's right. That's right. Anyways, well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate thank you taking you. a few minutes. I'm sure you're pretty busy running around here. Uh, I am, but uh, we thanks, always love hearing from you. Th- th- thanks for the opportunity to talk, and uh, appreciate what you guys do. And let's make sure lots more people show up at Oshkosh this week. And if you're still around Sunday morning... 
think about coming back up and telling us uh, what the week's been like for yeah. folks coming in and out of your booth. I'd be curious okay. to hear that how that shakes out over the next six days. Sounds good. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that, and I will definitely be still here Sunday morning because the show's still on, so That's I'll true. still be here. Yeah. Same here. Thank you, Alan. Alan. Thanks, Thanks. Alan. Thanks Al- a lot. Yes. Alan Klapmeyer of, uh, let's see, I'm trying to read your business card here. Kestrel, Kestrel Aircraft, 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 Aircraft Company. Company. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hey, for those of you listening on, uh, live on EAA Radio or on the Internet stream, we'd love to have you listen to this podcast every week. You can check out our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or search for us in the iTunes store. It's free. And remember, remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can listen on any portable music player or on your laptop or desktop computer. You just can't listen on a Peapod. That's right. Hey, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Hi, I'm Prop Joe. Here now is an EAA Radio exclusive, a secret recording of the topic planning session for this episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. Um, uh, and, um, uh, uh, and, or, and, uh, um, but right. not, yeah, uh, um, um, all right, right, right. And now back to Uncontrolled Airspace. Well, I can see where this evening is going to go. <laughs> Outtakes are us. That 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 was uh, that was the uh, the work of uh, our former good friend uh, Mike Morgan, <laughs> who's done a lot of uh, audio for the show. But well, you know, something good things have to come to an I, end. I, I hope eventually. he's looking for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I should say that. Alan Klapmeyer demonstrated uh, what he mentioned earlier about the true role of the president in a company these days. Um, even though he's on a short schedule and had to take off quickly, uh, he quickly came back with a bunch of uh, sheets of paper, and he's actually taping them on the window here so that the sun isn't shining in our eyes and making it brutally this hot. Is, this is what an yeah. <laughs> executive does. He decides and he executes. This is, an in- this is an engineering project being solved mm-hmm. on site. There you go. That's right. There you go. I fly with a set of uh, folders in the airplane that I stick up into the headliner as necessary. Right. To the sun. <laughs> I might. I might also add on time and on budget. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Amy, how are you doing? What's going on? You've uh, been busy the last few days. I have been busy the last few days. I was drafted um, into a volunteer position. Don't you love it? Those are are all really wonderful words. But but in any case, I did, in fact, volunteer to be a mentor for the Women Soar, You Soar project. Uh Now, Women Soar, You Soar project is kind of an interesting name. What it is 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 a camp for teenage girls here during the show. Uh (laughs) Excuse me. Gesundheit. Anyhow, um, and these girls apply to be a part of the camp. Uh-huh. They have to write an essay. There's a little money involved, but there's a lot of scholarships. About 100 of them, about 35 mentors. And our job is to try and help them figure out why they wanted to be there. Because a lot of them know that they think aviation might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Some of them know... This show is interesting. Some of them got talked on to talked into something being interesting. 
Right. Yeah. But in any case, as as a mentor, we try to try to kind of tease out the details of that, and we do some interesting uh, talks about what is the definition of success. Mm-hmm. What is success to you and your life now? What are you thinking about in the future? The range is 13 to 17 years old, so you can imagine that. Um, we have some very interesting speakers, but they're very short talks and some fun workshops that we've done, including building uh, water-powered rockets and gliders. Good. And Girls don't it, do that kind of stuff. Only boys girls do Girls so totally do that. But I was talking with a middle school teacher who was one of the uh-huh. chaperones, and she said, this is so disorienting for me. And I said, why? This was this morning in the rocket um, seminar. The rocket seminar that was put on by a Ph.D. engineer and a um, very neat lady, works at Embry-Riddle. And this middle school teacher said, it's usually a room full of boys uh-huh, yeah. for this project. She said, and look at them working so nicely together. And they had, they had duct tape. But the duct tape was magenta and purple <laughs> and tie-dye. Well, that's just not right. Hey, whatever That's not duct tape. That's frou-frou. Baby, <laughs> it sticks just the same. Uh-huh. And what they were doing is it was a combination of uh, pop bottles, and you pressurize them, mm-hmm. um, and you got about half water and then 80 PSI. Right. It was a very nice little mounting system, and then yep. and they go, Phew. It sounds great. That so they were gonna, great. they're yeah. going to set them off uh, in the field tonight over at UWO. So probably in the next uh, 40, 50 minutes uh-huh. when we finish dinner Oh, and you're tonight. missing off. You're, are you missing out on it? Are you? I'm here for you. Oh, well. I'm here for That's you. So we're so yes. touched. That's so it, nice. It yes. really was lovely. I got, I got to bring six of um, these young ladies who were interested in journalism and aviation into the air venture today. I saw, yeah, you a nice little crowd in there. Yeah. And show them how the, mag- how the uh, newspaper is set up. We got to go over and explore the um, Cannon building. Oh, the Cannon. I was thinking Cannon like you were going to shoot yeah, off a Cannon. The no, cannon. No, the, and the, then the, they the camera de- folks. demonstrated how, what kind of a camera and lenses were required to get the kind of cool pictures. And we talked a lot about why is the, is the prop disc i mean there were great questions why is a prop disc like that mm-hmm. and you know but but the airplane seems to be floating still in space and how do you get that and yes they did get some ice cream at the end of it <laughs> i explained it's the journalist's job to yeah. get ice cream it is so this this goes on throughout the week here is there a follow-up is there an ongoing program it's a three-day program uh-huh. at this point there are some very good scholarships for these girls who participate in this program. They can actually win very nice awards to the tune of $500 um, and some very special um, keepsakes. So they they do a great job. They're sponsored by the 99s, by EAA, obviously, Women in Aviation International, um, Club Glove, the Shaden guys do a very nice sponsorship. So Mm -hmm. there's a, a nice myriad of different people the mentors themselves actually have kicked in for some of these scholarships Mm -hmm. but it does grow each year it gets a little better organized each year and it's a it's a real nice way to slowly bring diversity into aviation so that's why i like to be a part that's great man that sounds like a terrific program it does 
So what else is going on for you around the show? You uh, there are, uh, that keeps you pretty busy, maybe. But uh, well, that that gig is pretty much over for me, though. They they have one more day. I did have to morph back into my publication self, uh-huh. so I am here looking for stories. Uh-huh. What uh, stories have you found? Is anything you're following? I did. I got to demo the new Bose units this morning. Okay. And uh, they did a really. Is this nice the one that they, they've been running this teaser ad that just had a date? Is that yes. the product? Okay. This was the product, and this morning they introduced their. A20 headset. Now, is this a position above, below, or at the same it, level as the X? They will no longer sell the X. Really? It's a replacement. As of today. It's a replacement. It's a replacement, and you can get it uh-huh. um, without Bluetooth for nine ninety five, uh-huh. or with Bluetooth for ten ninety five. Uh-huh. So about a hundred dollar uh-huh. difference. They have. Uh, stepped up to the plate on adding the Bluetooth and adding the prioritization for the audio and mm-hmm. the audio external mm-hmm. coupling mm-hmm. in. They have lightened the headset. They have added mics to the outside and the inside. For the A&R. For the A&R. So they really enhanced the A&R, but they simultaneously enhanced the passive Mm-hmm. Noise yeah. and they've made it a little. The, the X has no real good passive. Exactly, exactly. So, from the standpoint of someone who does wear earrings when I fly, I can say that at least on the test this morning it was a comfortable product. Now I'm hoping to get a demo unit to take on a long cross country from Florida to Montreal and get a real sense of how mm, comfortable yeah. those are. Because I got to tell you, as a woman with a smaller ear cup size. A smaller head, and uh, it, it, everything changes. You can say whatever you want, but physically, smaller people have issues with some of these bigger, chunkier headsets. And I have actually, my most comfortable headset is one that's in the ear right now. Yeah. So I have issues with an over-the-head over the head headset over three hours wearing. Mm-hmm. I'm fine for three hours. But after three hours, it... it Get a little grumpy, <laughs> having you your head squeezed. do. The combination of altitude, having your head squeezed, and getting a little dehydrated, mm-hmm. which you try not to do, but I'm sorry. You yep. know, uh-huh. as the older we get, the more you have to manage fluids. It, it, it definitely... <laughs> In so many more ways. In so many one. more ways. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Okay. And, and we'll cut to a Flomax commercial here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's... That's the kind of thing I would like to test on this new headset because, you know, Bose is top of the line, but it's also priced top yeah. of the line, yeah. and you want value for your money. Absolutely. And I think that they would like they would like to produce a product that's value for your money. Yeah. Yeah. Some more friends just wandered in. Just have a seat, and we'll, we'll get to you in just a sec. Uh, Jeb, uh, so you've been wandering around a little bit. Uh, any, any stories that have caught your attention? I know you're writing a particular beat for the newspaper this week. Yeah, um... <clears throat> Excuse me. Nothing really of uh, you know a huge moment. Uh, you know, personal level, I'm uh, I'm shopping for a hangar door, uh, which is a fairly large ticket item. But um, uh, some of the vendors, um, I, I presume, all the significant hangar door vendors are here on the site, and I've been around to two or three of them already, um, looking at uh, features, prices, yeah. that kind of thing. And of course. Whether it's a headset, whether it's a hangar door, whether it's a new airplane, whether it's a used airplane, whether it's 
you know, John Deere equipment or something like that, Oshkosh is a great place to come shop and, and do the comparisons and, and uh, the, all this kind of thing. So what are the issues with a hangar door? I mean, it's a door. Well, there are all kinds of issues. Oh, no, there's major yeah. issues. Let's start Let's, with what happens when the power fails. Exactly, exactly. All right, what happens so, when the power fails? What happens when the power fails is that unless you have a manual system or a some kind of a backup power source, the hangar door doesn't get opened or it doesn't get closed, presuming it's in the open position. I've had that happen before uh, with a T-hanger on, on the airport in Manassas, Virginia, where I used to be based. Um, somehow the airport power got knocked out. It wasn't a matter of, of a thunderstorm or anything like that. Couldn't get the door open. Yeah. Isn't it like your landing gear? There's a crank. Not on this particular installation, there uh-huh. wasn't. Okay. So I was, I was you know, kind of cooling my heels there for about an hour before the power came back on. All right. So, so that's, that's one issue. Uh, you, 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 the basic issue, though, is whether you're going to get a one-piece that basically pivots at the top of the hangar door and opens right. uh, out, or if you get a bifold, uh, which basically also pivots at the top, but basically collapses itself as it goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, there are sliders, and sliders are not really in my... In my um, um, interest level at this stage so and do you have a is it just about money or do you have a preference a lot of it's about money yeah a lot of it's about money yeah so uh what are you leaning towards now uh i'd rather not say oh, okay. at this stage <laughs> it's at, because at this stage put himself in a bad negotiating position yeah, with anybody who's yeah. with the door vendors who are listening to the podcast the other uh the other be, be, beware of hangar door vendors there's a guy walking around armed <laughs> with a credit card <laughs> Well, it might be a couple of credit cards for this one's over. Yeah. But, uh, David, we got like a minute and a half. What uh, story have you seen around here that's interesting? Uh, a couple of things in new engine technology are kind of intriguing me. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, like, like what? Well, Lycoming was talking today about their uh, their new uh, uh, single power lever, magically digitally managed engine uh, that is going into the uh, Lance Air Evolution. Twin turbocharged, big bore, 350 horsepower approximately. Uh, there's no mixture control. There's no throttle control. Now, you guys have alluded in the past to these things not being very efficient. Is that is well, this a, a fix I, to I that? Or? I don't think we have. Well, uh, we, well, we referred to Fadex as being inefficient. No, we, no I think we've referred to, to um, uh, reputation of some Fadex implementations oh, okay, as yeah. not being all that efficient. Okay, that's... that's I, I'll and and you know the 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 holy grail of simplifying you know Alan was talking about getting new people into aviation and one of the things that intimidates some people is you get in a basic airplane and there's you know something old like a J3 and there may just be a throttle and then you get in something a little more modern and there's a throttle and a mixture and you get something more sophisticated and there's a throttle and a mixture and an RPM control, and then once upon a time, turbochargers had their own lever for the wastegates, and now you got four engine controls, and they're kind of going, but all I have to do is put it in gear and step on the gas in the car. Yeah. So this is kind of one of those holy grail things, but the challenges are rather significant. First, you have the FAA. <laughs> and if it's all electronically managed, you have to make sure that power never interrupts, because powerus interruptus could mean engine stoppage. So... <laughs> Uh, Say that three times fast. (laughs) Hold that thought. Let's come back to that. We're going to do a little break here. Uh, So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that. 
There's a couple of other motors, too. So Okay. And there's some more technology out there, too. Okay. All right, good. We'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, you're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. EAA Radio, the radio voice of AirVenture. With more episodes than appendages, they'll have to stop counting soon. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back. Uh, it's going to be one of those nights. They, they, they've been very creative again, and uh, they're going to have to collect they, they those always, up. And, they always surprise us. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to collect those up and use them in the regular podcast. Uh, as I alluded to a few minutes ago, I've been joined by uh, another friend of the podcast. Uh, uh, Randy Dufoe is here. Hi, Randy. Uh, great to be here, Jack. Yeah, and uh, your daughter is with you here. Denise is here. And uh, hi, Denise. Hello. <laughs> and and uh, so Randy is a uh, freelance aviation journalist, uh, does a lot of work with us at the newspaper here uh, throughout the year. Uh, he owns the world's oldest uh, Cessna 172. Methuselah. highest time. <laughs> oh, excuse Methuselah. me. <laughs> Methuselah. Uh-huh. Um, which we've talked about in the past. Uh, and, uh, and Denise, you're an aviation professional. What, tell us a little bit about what your work is. Um, I am an airport operations supervisor. Um, basically, we are the nerve center of the airport. We keep it running. Uh-huh. Crack the whip. Yep. Get the snow plowed. Snow plows, ru- runway inspections, make sure those air carriers and Replace the airplanes light can continue That's right. Now, running. And I don't want you to get yourself in trouble, but can you tell us what airport you do this for? I am in Dane County in Madison. Okay. Well, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. So, okay, uh, this cool engine technology that is cool. Continue. Well, it, Lycoming's also got a uh, LSA engine that they're to, about at the finish line for uh, compliance what, approval. What makes it a, a, an LSA engine? Well, they lightened it up. It, they, they started with the old O235 mm-hmm. uh, that's been very, very successful in a lot of installations. They lightened it up. Uh, they gave it a... Uh, capacitive discharge ignition system took away the magnetos they gave it a flywheel alternator took away you know the standalone uh still carbureted they're working on an injected version of it uh and uh and then it's down around the 100 105 110 horsepower range uh which can vary a little bit according to the prop rpm that you decide that you want to live with uh so it's good to see another choice in that market segment because it's kind of been dominated by one player with a couple of other smaller ones off to one side getting some of the business. I always like to see more competition. Uh, haven't had a chance to check them out yet, but uh, I understand there's some new turboprop technology uh, being shown here, and I want to look at that when I get the chance, and some new small turbofan stuff that's in, in play. So. Now, would one of these be that little jet that they've got on the glider, and I believe it's the same jet as on the Sonex? No. No, that's not one of those you're referring to? No, that's no. not one of the good ones? No, that, well, that's not one of the ones that I'm, uh, that I'm looking at, okay. because uh, I don't think any of those are certifiable. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Randy, what stories have you been covering here the last few days? Well, I, other than the, uh, the field conditions, uh, which... Uh, <laughs> which I think we've all, yeah. all been covering. Why don't you kind of turn that mic a little bit towards you? There we go. And uh, other than that, my favorite always is vintage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've had a couple of opportunities to, to, to write already about uh, 
some of the unique vintage ones, uh, vintage airplanes that made it here. There's uh, a Stinson Model O hmm. uh, on uh, just came out of the shop, and uh, it is serial number 11 of a manufacturing run of 10. So it is, in fact, a, a reproduction <laughs> oh, okay. uh, that was the result of, of the, uh, the now owner of the airplane um, spending years looking for a prototypic a, a prototype version of it. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, turns out nobody has seen nor heard of one since 1945. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's kind of stuck. Yeah. yeah. What else do you do? And uh, the the particular airplane was uh, a, um, a, a quick effort by Stinson to satisfy a requirement for the Honduran Air Force in 1933. Oh, okay. And they just took... Uh, uh, parts off of their SR uh, Stinson SR Reliant and bolted them to a new fuselage and called it this thing called the Model O and mounted machine guns to it and bomb racks and other cool stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, but uh, they uh, so they did the same thing. Yeah. Um, not to change the subject, we'll come back to that. But I should just explain to folks that although we're not out on their porch uh, here at EA Radio today, uh, and we will be when we do our Sunday episode, we are up on the second floor, and we are literally surrounded by windows. We have a 360-degree view from up here. Um, and we're starting to see departures from the uh, runway out in front of us. We have two uh, Mustangs are just uh, taxiing up here. and uh, There's some photo missions in play this evening. Is that I what saw it the is? photo plane Is that what the one, one that took yeah. off just a moment ago? Okay. So... Uh, couple of really cool looking mustangs taxiing out into position right now and being followed by an rv looks like i can't quite see it is that an rv of some sort yeah yeah so uh um starting to see some airplane activity i you know we're not going to see a lot of departures i wouldn't imagine because people who finally managed to get here aren't quite ready to leave yet you know and uh but uh you know that'll be sunday morning when we get a chance to to uh yeah, right. Yeah. So looking around here, the, uh, the, the for considering that the grass was bare, I mean, there were no airplanes on the grass as recently as uh, as 36 hours ago. Um, this is filling up okay. It, 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 it's not going to, you know, be considered one of the, you know, so far anyways, one of the busiest uh, air ventures. But uh, it's not empty. There's a lot of stuff going on I here. I see North 40 on the way home. Yeah, we can take a look at that. It's been really surreal to, to, to see that vast expanse of grass and, and this year mud uh, with no airplanes on it. It's just it's just not right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it remains to be seen. I was going to say Denise is is my hero. At, at least the Denises of the world who have been dealing with the Oshkosh Airport, Whitman Field. And also um, the Milwaukee airport. The reason people could, uh, all the flights canceled in Milwaukee was because it flooded. And they got a conga line of snow plows out there to push the water off the runway. Really? Yeah. And if it wasn't for people like her, that wouldn't have happened. They had it opened only a couple hours after it closed. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Denise, I know you've been out here for a few days, but uh, has your airport suffered from all this rain that's happening lately? Um, Luckily, we didn't get the brunt of the storms, Um, but we we didn't have to shut down or anything, but we do have to deal with water, and you do inspections to make sure that the water is draining properly, and Mm -hmm. um, 
it can take the the plows and everything else and if you just have water and saturated land like we've had here there's no place for the water to go and it turns into lakes yeah yeah get it yeah we know you get pretty crazy <laughs> So, um, Denise, you were also involved with this uh, Women's SOAR uh, program. That, uh, that you, you arrived a little bit later, but Amy was giving us uh, a, a quite an interesting description of it. What was your experience? You were one of the mentors, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is my first year being a mentor, so uh-huh. I'm completely new to the program, and I'm learning just like the girls are, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. What, uh, what are your impressions from the girls that you... Uh, that you mentored today and took around. What, what kind of things did you show them? What kinds of things did you do with them today? Um, they, a lot of them just wanted to see airplanes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so this is the place to be to see airplanes. Um, they're, of course, they're new and just trying to give them every experience of different parts of aviation that they can. So um, we have a lot of engineers in the group, um, operations. I think I'm the only operations supervisor, but there's pilots, military routes, all the different ways to get where you want to go. Um, We're hoping to get some air traffic controllers next year because there's a lot of girls interested in that and how do we get into that. So um, just showing them everything and showing them the different routes that they can take and giving them advice on how to how can we succeed, and what do we need to succeed? Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, don't let them watch the movie Pushing Ten. Okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what else is going on around here? I, one correction I wanted to throw out here: we were talking about in the daily yesterday. We were joking about some of the beers we've been drinking since we've been out here, and this uh, Fat Squirrel beer that we were referring to, Correct. and we couldn't quite figure out what the name of the the brewery was. And I believe we referred to it as just simply the Glarus Brewery. It's New Glarus. Oh. Denise knows her beer. <laughs> Dad, you didn't hear that. Okay. <laughs> no, I bring Dad beer from New Glarus. <laughs> so yeah, New Glarus beer, and uh, and as a number of listeners who have tweeted me since then have told me have have uh, reinforced, um, it's pretty good beer. We've been enjoying it. If they would make the print on the tap handles a little bigger, then we wouldn't have blown that one. But <laughs> yeah. What else is going on around the show here? Um, the uh, the folks from the uh, the most popular television show never be shown in America. Uh, the Ice Pilots, uh, Buffalo Airways, are here. Um, they're they're cool looking. Uh, well, now see, I don't know. I was naive. I was on the impression that like they had a DC three up there in Canada, and uh, and that it's here now. All right, and in fact, one of their DC threes is here, and it's a very pretty airplane. Um, someone, maybe it was you, Randy, who was telling me that in fact, no, they have like. A dozen DC-3s up there. Yeah, actually, I think the count is 13 from what I heard. So they have quite a collection in addition to their C-46s. I think the only commercial remaining commercial operator of C-46s. And they have have a a Lockheed Electra. (laughs) They have, you know, some other stuff. DC-4. Just... uh, They got any twin otters? Now, see, the part... You know, I don't know. I know the, 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 as much of the TV series as I've, I, as I've watched so far makes it seem like they're kind of a little mom and pop operation, you know, with four airplanes, half of which they're trying to keep fixed all the time, you know. And uh, apparently, it's a little bit more serious operation than we realize. So. Well, it's Hollywood, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not TV's Hollywood. It's Yellow Knife Canada. Come on. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still TV. It's, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, and and you called my attention to the article on the current issue of Sport Aviation magazine, so I took a look at that. I didn't get a chance to read it. But, yeah, there's a really interesting piece there. Um, Brady Lane got to go to Canada. I really want this guy's job. I'm telling you right now. All right? And uh, um, he got to go all the way up there and hang out with those folks for a little while. And uh, Of course, they were in Yellowknife in May, and there was snow on the ground, and they were wearing parkas, and um, I'm sure it was a very comfortable place to be. EAA, I love them to death, wonderful people, but they, they, are, uh, they are used to the cold here. So <laughs> yeah. when, they, when they sent me to South St. Paul in, in February to fly Huskies on skis, <laughs> I was like, where were those Sorel snow boots? <laughs> oh, yeah, a big mistake. It's, you can't get your feet around the rudder pedals of a Husky with Sorels on, so... I, I, you know, you d- don't forget, Dave. My airplane is hangered where you were flying that uh, that husky out of, and and so uh, and that's a little hint there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like you just deal with it. <laughs> Everything else was cool. It or, was, or you can move literally. It was the idea of once I fought to get the boots around the pedals, that if I had to get out in a hurry. I'm just gonna. I'm going to abandon the boots. That's it. There's no way I'm coming out of there in less than six or seven minutes. So. Now, sp- speaking of DC threes, did you guys catch the uh, the big DC three arrival this afternoon? It was. Uh, I saw a few of them coming in. Uh, it was, you know, so the. This goes back like a couple months, and we had heard that there was going to be this big DC-3, I don't know, call it homecoming for lack of a better word, um, a big arrival. They were going to have like 50 ship, you know, uh, mass arrival. And then for a lot of different reasons, that plan got changed. And and then the sort of last straw was the field conditions, and so they weren't sure they were going to do it at all, that maybe a few DC-3s were going to come in in dribs and drabs. And we were all kind of going, okay, no mass arrival DC-3s, you know, they'll arrive when they arrive. We're sitting in the newspaper office this afternoon, and we hear this noise, but you hear a lot of noises in the sky here, and someone's looking out going, are those DC-3s? And we look out the window, and there's like a lot of DC-3s in the sky flying right overhead. It's D-Day all over. Yeah. <laughs> but wasn't it wonderful? There were 21 oh, of them. 21 DC-3s flew straight overhead uh, from the west to the east. And then apparently they veered around and got in. Tra- they were sort of in this loose kind of formation thing. They weren't really tight, which is probably wise, um, as they passed overhead. And then somewhere out there, they changed over to in trail. And they came in on the uh, 1-8 runway, uh, one after another, after another, after another. And it was just, it was spectacular, all right? But it was just this, you know, you'd watch six DC-3s land, and then you'd look up final, and there's five more, you know? It was it was awesome. And uh they all came in and landed on uh, on one eight and uh, taxi back. I think they're, where they, did they park I, them? Yeah, they headed up towards uh, Warbirds. I don't know okay. where they ended up. I I understand there were twenty one in that group. Yeah, uh, but while those twenty one were arriving, there were another three in formation with the jumpers in it to start the air show. Oh, that's right, Dougie. Looking and some other, out yeah. the window here, I see two more that are parked. Uh, that were not in the show. There are so, at least two others on Aeroshell Square, along with the DC-2, mm-hmm. which I saw arrive today. And a DC-7. Well, the DC-7, but that's that's that that's a little bigger yet. Uh, but uh, 
The, and, and there's uh, how there's many a, DC-2s left in the world? I believe that would be it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the only flying one. So in, for a plan that was falling apart, there's a fair number of DC-3s here. It's pretty I, cool. I really hope they get an opportunity um, somewhere on the ground, somewhere to put them all together. Yeah. That would be and, nice. And that just be cool. see this massive display of, of, uh, of historic... Uh, incredibly historic airplanes. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, that it, it, I, I can't imagine it'll ever happen again. Right. Yeah. Um, so we were talking earlier about checking out the North Forty when we're on our way back uh, after we're done here this evening. Have, has any of us been to other parts of the field to see how the parking situation is going? Have you been down not, to outer lights or anything? Today. Well, I've actually been out to the campgrounds last night anyway. And I hear I the campgrounds are a big mess. Clustered them. Let's just put it that way. Those who are on high ground are staying close to their high ground. Those who are not are hoping that it will dry out so they can get out. Um, and you really can't drive off, at least as of last night, you couldn't drive off the, the, the areas that were gravel paved um, roadways without questioning whether you would be coming back to right that yeah again. the uh, yeah the uh, EAA uh, mostly volunteer uh, airplane you know parking folks have done an excellent job over the last few days of keeping wheeled vehicles off the grass that's yeah, normally used for parking and as a result um, as it's drying out it's drying out in very very good condition it's not you know for the most part rutted or, or turned into mud and as it dries out, it should be decent turf for uh, parking more and more airplanes. But I'm curious, I, for example, I was just mentioning the, the out here on the front flight line, um, looking up and down from the second floor here, we see lots of airplanes parked out here. Walking around there, it's a little wet, but it's in, it's in good shape. And I'm wondering how they're doing in other areas. We're going to have to I go think, explore. I think they're doing okay. One of the things I was going to say, though, is that I noticed that there are a whole lot of campers in the Walmart, the old Walmart parking lot, well, apparently, patiently waiting for the, for the camp shoulder to dry out so they can get Mike there, Miley, so. who is a, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the principals in uh, mytransponder.com, uh, and uh, his, it was his RV that was the host RV for the party last sure, year, and I believe sure. it was for the party this year. Um, well, he wasn't able to bring his RV into the campground. Like many RVs, uh, motorhomes, he's in a parking lot. Apparently, he's in a, Sear, a former Sears parking lot about three miles north he posted his his oshkosh air venture video on youtube i was looking at it today all right and it's basically it's just a shot of the of the highway 41 with cars going back and forth and he says my oshkosh experience you know he says where are the airplanes you know so uh but they're all apparently they're setting up shuttle buses from from these places um they, they're finally uh, pulling together uh, uh other facilities uh water trucks and porta potties and things oh, like yeah, that they, there's a there's been a major, major effort to... Yeah. Uh, to, the, the, to the community's really pulled together. Yeah. yeah. To, to I mean, they, this happen. they've been parking them in the, uh, what what is it, Winnebago County Fairgrounds. Yeah. There's an old Walmart lot that's filled up, uh, the, the old Sears lot. Uh, uh, a couple of other places, uh, the... Uh, they got shuttle buses running, porta-potties, showers, uh, potable right. water, uh, and of course, they're delivering our newspaper to them over there so that they can read what they want to do before they come across so it's the just shuttle like buses. A, no, and and, uh, and the, the buzz is that a day or so more without rain, and they're going to start bringing these folks in from the cold, 
and uh, bring them back to the to the grounds here. And that'll be great. Hey, listen, we got to take a break. Um, but quickly, uh, for those of you who are listening live on EAA Radio or on the Internet stream, uh, we'd love to have you listen to this podcast every week. Check out our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or search for us in the iTunes store. It's free. And remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can listen on any portable music player or on your laptop or desktop computer. Hey, we'll be back. You're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Jeb, Dave, and Jack, they're so popular, they stopped returning Burt Rutan's phone calls. This is Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back. So, uh, on a little bit more serious note here, um, I just want to kind of talk about something for a few minutes here. Um, we all three of us do. A few weeks ago, uh, Dave and Jeb and I each received letters from Tom Pobrezny of EAA telling us that we three had been chosen to receive the 2010 Flying Magazine Backs Seat Award for our work here on Uncontrolled Airspace uh, on the podcast. For those of you who don't know, Gordon Baxter was the legendary journalist and aviator who wrote the must-read column that was in the back pages of every issue of Flying Magazine for almost 30 years. Bax, as he liked to be called, was a regular pilot like all of us here. He flew because he loved it. He loved to visit the small local grassroots fields and talk with everyday people of aviation. And he told us their stories in his columns and his books and his public appearances. Bax retired from Flying Magazine in 1998, and he passed away in 2005. In 1999, EAA and Flying Magazine created the Bax Seat Trophy. It's an annual journalism award to honor Gordon Baxter and to recognize an EAA member who, to quote Tom's letter, perpetuates the Gordon Baxter tradition of communicating the excitement and romance of grassroots aviation. We are thrilled beyond words to receive this award. Gordon Baxter and all of the previous winners are people who we are honored to be considered among. We thank Flying Magazine and EAA for this award. We also want to thank Amy Laboda, James Winbrandt, and all of the people who have helped us with this podcast, either behind the scenes or by visiting with us in our virtual hangar. And last but not least, we want to thank our listeners who have made what started out to just be a fun opportunity for three guys to stay in touch weekly uh, into a thrilling, fulfilling, rewarding, and humbling experience. So thank you very much. Jeb, Dave, your thoughts on this whole thing? Uh, They're both pointing at yeah, each other both here. both pointing at each other. Go first. Um, well, first of all, what Jack just said, and, and uh, uh, we, we kind of collaborated on, on that little statement and, and that little story. Uh, I think um, humbled is, is uh, an understatement. I think uh, appreciative of, of all the support, um, as Jack correctly noted, uh, from our listeners, from EAA. Uh, from those uh, uh, who, who have joined us on the podcast from time to time, um, it, it's just a, a phenomenal thing. It's it's um, uh, still haven't really come to grips with it. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, this is really the first public announcement uh, of this award uh, to UCAP. Um, we're just v- extremely flattered, um, and. Uh, we're not going to be resting on our laurels. No. Oh, we're we're, we're going to keep <laughs> to the keep extent on, we have any laurels. To, to, the, to the extent we even I was going to say yeah, it would be yeah. resting on our laurel. <laughs> laurel. Yeah. <laughs> but we're we're going to keep on doing this, and, and we might even uh, uh, you know raise the bar a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. David. Well, it was one of my 
treats of working on the show daily here at Oshkosh back in the uh, middle 90s to uh, get to know Gordon slightly. Uh, he wrote a column for us daily for the first couple of years, uh, I guess the first three or the second, third, fourth years. Uh, and then he retired, and, and that was the end of that contribution. Uh, being included in that group, uh, well, let me put it in these terms, and folks that listen to us will probably understand this best. What I'm never going to forget about this is the number of times people have come out of crowds and spoken to us by name because they recognized her voice. Mm-hmm. The letter came on a particularly bad day for me and lifted me like just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But what was most fun was being on the phone to Mr. Burnside, <laughs> who for about seven minutes could not get beyond the phrase... Hotel Foxtrot. (laughs) This is real radio. Hotel Foxtrot. Hotel. I I, I texted him because uh, he wasn't where I could reach him by cell phone. And he's like, what is it, it, a fundraising letter? I said, you want me to read it? I'll open it. I'll read it. Hotel Foxtrot. (laughs) So we haven't actually received it yet. That Friday evening at Potapalooza, when we'll be back live on the radio, I understand. And... uh, uh, and we can in gush and awe shuck about this one more time. But to all of you that have <laughs> spent your valuable time and, and, and hard drive space and bandwidth uh, tuning in to us and, and, and sending us notes and being in the forums, uh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, apparently, there's strength in numbers. Uh, we are just coming to grips with. The fact that there are so much more, so many more people and institutions that are paying attention to what we try to do than we ever realized. And this trophy is the kind of recognition that drives that home. So yeah. thanks, yeah. EAA. Thanks, Flying. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. How do we follow that? Uh, <laughs> uh, commercial I break, I would hope. <laughs> there's a, a funnier. Yeah. There's a, 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 a oh tri motor. No, that no, is not the tri motor. Single motor. That is a single. What is that? That is the Hamilton metal plane. Uh, it yeah. is uh, the only flying example of I think 29 built. And I actually have a little personal connection to that airplane. What? What? Tell us. Uh, that, as I was training um, for my private, um, that particular airplane occupied a position in the back of the hangar uh, that housed the flight school um, I was uh, training at. And uh, We have, by the way, an, an interesting... So there's another airplane following it. What's he going to do there? It almost looks like it was going to land right on his tail. I, I was wondering if it was a photo <laughs> ship or something like that, but... Uh, it could very well they've been a, the, have been on a photo mission, but uh, that uh, the airplane was owned by the Lysdale family, um, and interestingly enough, I trained it at uh, Lysdale. Uh, what did they call that? Lysdale, Lysdale Aviation, or something something like that. But uh, Jack Lysdale, um, uh, who was a uh, I believe a Northwest captain, uh, restored the airplane. Um, and all the while that I was that I knew the airplane, it had never flown. It hadn't flown since 1978. There's it, craziness happening in the air a here. Little crazy <laughs> going uh, around. Yeah, there's like airplanes going around. Uh, we got what two Cherokees, I believe they are. 
that are kind of close to each other here, trying to uh, get out three. of the area. There are three of them. Yeah, it's like somebody didn't follow directions. Yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> there, don't have the notum on board apparently. I mean, uh, uh, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Is it's okay? Uh, uh, Twenty-five touch and go penalties for failure to observe no town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we don't know what happened there. Well, no, see, there's another one over here doing some sort of go-around. Uh, something odd just happened, well, I think. And, well, uh, you know, it could be something along the lines of, you know, the white Cherokee, you're number one. Well, they're all white Cherokees. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not willing, I'm not immediately ready to play the pilot. Could be, could be. What's uh, this interesting airplane on the roll right here? That's, one of the, that's an epic. Uh, it appears to be an, an epic, epic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. So we're starting to see airplanes moving around here, and that's kind of cool. And uh, we'll report uh, more on what we see as we go. I'm seeing uh, at least a bunch of the DC-3s over here on the far side um, near where um, all the Oshkosh trucks are parked. See them over there on the far side? There's a bunch yeah, of DC-3s. Yeah, yeah. That's hard, hard parking over there. Yeah. So, well, yeah. They're probably going to use the DC-3s to tow the, tow the truck somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah, starting to see some activity here on the field. And... Uh, um, the the other big story here we have let's see we have about five minutes before we need to break again here and uh, but I guess we can get into the subject here um, a big piece of news uh, at least in our little EAA world uh, today and and that is that uh, EAA announced that they have selected a, their next president um, and uh, this is kind of a big deal isn't it. Yes. Uh, it's sort of been now. Is it me? Has it been an open secret that Tom that they were looking for someone that Tom wanted to step down, or was it? Uh, yeah, uh, we went through a whole yeah. big fall to raw last year when uh, Gamma President and uh, uh, Pete Bunce, the General Aviation Manufacturers Association boss, uh, very famously announced that he was withdrawing his name as a candidate for the job. And set off all sorts of little alarm bells and ripples in the in the in the uh, firmament here. Uh, it had been known since uh, about the about 2005 2006 that uh, they were looking to change the workload on Tom, and then he took over as chairman in 2009 when his father Paul finally retired from the chairmanship, uh, which he'd held pretty much nonstop since 1953. So. Uh, we now have the name of the new president. His name is, is Rod Hightower. Uh, he's a longtime pilot, EAA member. Uh, he's uh, flown Stearman. He's got an airplane at Creve Coeur, uh, which I've visited uh, on the west side of the St. Louis uh, uh, Class Bravo. A lovely airport. Tons and tons of antique airplanes there. Uh, He's going to be taking over in early September as president of the Experimental Aircraft Association. Tom will remain as president, uh, only the third president of EAA in its history. And that goes Tom, back to Tom will remain as chairman. Tom, I'm sorry, did I say he'll remain? Yeah, he'll remain as chairman. Uh, and this is the first time that there's been a non-Pobresny uh, in a management position at that level with the Experimental Aircraft yeah. Association. Yeah. So there's some good things in it. It's going to be interesting. The guy seems to be personable. He's uh, married, five children, successful businessman. Uh, seems to be a real airplane guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and, a real and plus. And he obviously has the, the business management background uh, um, that apparently EAA thought they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, yeah, they, I can't. 
in this day and age, nobody knows what they need because the world is well, changing so fast. That's that, a very good point. You know, and uh, so you kind of look at the skills that are out there, and you take your best shot, and you try and find someone who feels good as much as anything else. You know, um, so I, you know, I think he's got a great looking resume. I I never heard his name before four hours ago. Well, that's and, uh, that's the only you know kind of question mark or or, or uh, quiz or, or whatever. No one has really heard of Rod Hightower before today. Uh, how he will fit in and work with um, EAA, how he will fit in and work with uh, his sister organizations, the, the Aviation Alphabet Soup, uh, are, are all big unknowns. Surely he'll get a, a, a grace period, a honeymoon uh, period. Um, and I don't certainly don't expect anything uh, major uh, bad to occur yeah. in, that, in that arena. But it, it will be an interesting... Uh, Interesting dance, uh, knowing what I know about that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Tom, it's also worth pointing out, will remain chairman of the uh, fly-in of the fly-in as well so, yeah. for the foreseeable. So, uh, this shouldn't be a speed bump. It shouldn't be a radical turn. It should be uh, the beginning of a transition, and uh, hopefully, it'll all turn out well and, and, and be more positive than negative for uh, the EAA. The employees who keep this place running, the volunteers who make the show happen, and the 160,000 of us that write checks every year so yeah. we can stay members. So, Dave, you apparently decided you didn't want the job. You, uh... I decided if you know if drafted, I would not run. Uh, <laughs> if elected, I would not serve. My, my thing would be, you know, I enjoy coming to Oshkosh for the show each year. Living here would just spoil it. Yeah, I know. I, I even like coming here off season from time to time, although it's been a while since I've done that because it's just such a, a normal place. <laughs> the rest of the year, I know. I came here one time and uh, uh, I was traveling on a, on a road trip across the country, and I arrived here uh, a month before the fly-in, and uh, and stayed at the Super Eight, our beloved Still Super Eight. Still snow on the ground. Right. No, no, it was very, very nice. But it was very quiet. I mean, it was just like this, this you know, kind of quiet, nice little small town. Um, and uh, but it was interesting because I walked out of the Super Eight. You know, and for those who don't know, the Super Eight is right outside the airport fence, up on the sort of northwest corner northwest corner that's the one i'm notorious for not knowing my directions so i have to think about this for a second northwest corner and so i walked uh, out of the hotel and i came down through the i sort of stepped through the fence and stood on the airport grounds and kind of looked out across the north 40 which of course is now just kind of the fields around uh, a runway and and all as quiet as it was and of course having no you know relatively no airplanes around i, I it, the line from star uh, star wars came to me all right and that the, i thought to myself the force is strong in this place all right <laughs> <laughs> and I really had that feeling. I re- no, really, I'm serious. I had that feeling because I just can't. I've spent so much time here, and I just have. I feel the vibe of this place, even when there are no airplanes around, which we've had to do the last couple of days because yeah. there haven't been very many airplanes yeah, up in the North Forty. You know, make airplane noises all around. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And let the record show. That was good. I like that. <laughs> let the record show that Mr. Hodgson got that Northwest thing correct without aid of the GPS function he, he has or no, his iPad. He has no visible compass. visible compass nearby. Uh-huh. Uh, he does have the 3G iPad with GPS built into it, but he didn't really move it around to orient it. So <laughs> I, I think that was an honest uh, uh, and, and sincere effort on his part. Yeah, well, and here we're seeing that, uh, what you call it? Hamilton, Hamilton metal, metal airplane. airplane. Yep. Taxi uh, it's turning the wrong way, though. What a work of art. 
What, yeah, what, is. what is that, about 1928 or something? I, something like that. It preceded the Ford Tri-Motor uh, because I believe its designer was hired by Ford. I yeah, it, say, it, they, it, look, it, they look amazingly alike. They do. It's sort of a slightly smaller without the, the engines under the wings is sort of what I'm it's seeing. It's a much smaller fuselage, and yeah, and it's a single. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, But it has that stance and that look and that same corrugated uh, metal skin on it. It's, it's quite a beautifully done restoration. I, I, it, I really wish it had, it had been able to fly, uh, but it's, uh, it's under new ownership now, and, and I think the expectation is that it's going, to, uh, it's going to show up at a few air shows. Yeah. We're going to take another break. Uh, we'll come back for a couple more segments uh, uh, before we're going to take off. For, apparently there's a uh, UCAP meetup going on this evening. A bunch of listeners have gotten together. and uh, Well, that's good to know because i kind of gotten a little behind in trying to keep track of that because of this uh, thing called the Juliet Oscar yeah. Bravo. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. The J-O-B. <laughs> yeah. um, no, and, and for any listeners who, who, who hear this uh, before the week is out, we kind of came up with a, with a slightly different uh, technique, and if anybody wants to take advantage of it, we've created a, the UCAP rallying point, all right, which is uh, every afternoon, immediately following the daily air show, uh, anybody who wants to hook up with other UCAP folks, we're going to gather right down here, just to the, uh-oh, southwest of the, <laughs> of the Brown Arch. Just to the southwest of the Brown Arch, there's a nice little tr- nice little grove with some tr- shade trees and some benches and water fountains and stuff. And that's where UCAP listeners can gather immediately following the Daily Air Show and uh, hook up with each other and negotiate dinner and evening plans and whatnot. And and we will try and stop by uh, as often as we can. It's, to, uh, were you, it's, were you guys actually going to tell me about this? Were you going to keep this a secret? Yeah. I just there, there's did. that too, but... Um, yeah, it's 50-50 whether we're all talking about the same piece of ground here. So. <laughs> if you see a bunch of guys in yellow shirts, that's us. Real quickly, before we take a break here, we got a message. Uh, apparently it came in through, I don't know, the Internet of some form. I don't know if it was a Twitter or a text message or whatever. The, the message is, uh, uh, hi, UCAP. That's uh, from uh, Sue and Doug from Pompano Beach, Florida. That's Comanche Sue. Comanche Sue. Comanche Sue, Comanche Sue in our <laughs> forums. <laughs> and, uh, um, Comanche Sue was at our uh, our little meetup in... Uh, right before Sun yeah, yeah, in Tampa. So, uh, no, it wasn't Tampa. It was uh, Venice. 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 Yeah. So, hi to Sue and Doug, and uh, hope we see you soon. I think they're on their way here. Or I maybe hope. they are here. Maybe that's maybe, why. maybe, maybe they, that's how this message maybe got here. Huh? Waiting for us over by you know the little meetup place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe we'll, they could be there right now. Hey. Stamping their feet and saying, "Where are they?" <laughs> hey, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio, broadcasting live from Whitman Regional Airport. This is Air Venture on EAA Radio, Oshkosh. When they're at Oshkosh, there's way more to talk about than videos on YouTube. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back again here, David. Comanche, you see the Comanche. Yeah, we're we're back. <laughs> Be careful. Um, what'd you say, David? You saw something out the window. They're flying down on the farm. Yeah. The farm being the ultralight area here. That's really good news. That's progress. That's really good news. And uh, uh, there, there's traffic going in and out. That means that the evening flying is open. It's a, if you're not watching the Chicago or listening to the Chicago concert, that'd be a good place to hang out and watch the watch the action. Is yeah. the concert still going on? I don't. I it must be. Has it to. It has to be. Yeah. And. Uh, 
were kind of semi well. It is not totally soundproof room because we heard the airplanes, which was good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, we heard the Mustang. That was best. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and actually, now I'm I kind of sort of ma- barely hearing music sounds from that direction. Well, there I, are still music sounds coming from that direction. You're, you're see, Denise is not wearing headphones. See, we're all wearing our little professional radio uh, uh, headphones, so we don't hear anything but our own voices, which works for me. Um, we're the voices in our own heads. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so they're flying down the farm. That's great, David. I, what's the state of ultralights these days? It's uh, you know? Well, I, I think it's gotten be. I, I think it's gotten beyond the, the trough that it was headed into even before the light sport uh, category was officially sanctioned and and and, and blessed with you know wholly uh, unleaded. And uh, but it seems to be crawling, cr- carving a way back into existence. Uh, be light. Uh, gentleman named Jim Weeby and his uh, his lovely wife in Wichita bought the old Kitfox light design mm-hmm. and have re-engineered it uh, into the B-Light. Uh, and although I haven't had a chance to go down and see if he's still here, an uh, old friend of mine from Mississippi uh, with uh, a couple of ultralights d- designs of his own that are part 103 legal. Uh, the Chinese are here showing off a, a part 103 uh, electric airplane. Oh, the unique. The unique. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, the last... E-Spider. Right. Yeah, they the had E-Spider. Well, and they had that here last year, too, but there seems to be a bigger one over there. A well, they got, they got a couple of sailplanes now. Oh, Self-launching sailplanes. All right, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so ultralights never really completely went away, but they sure did have a lot of wind taken out from under them with LSAs. And now there's starting to be some recognition that if LSA is simple, uh, Part 103 flying is even simpler. Mm-hmm. No license, no medical, uh, no certification standards for the aircraft, which can be a good and a bad thing. But uh, early, late 1970s, early 80s, you'd come here to Oshkosh, go to Sun and Fun, and there'd be 200 manufacturers showing 300 different models. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even my Now we're down days, into yeah. single digits, but it seems to be... Gaining a little momentum on its own. It's much less expensive. It's much simpler. You know, and, and for somebody that just wants to bore a hole in the skies, uh, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000 single-seater uh, is no more than they're apt to spend on a motorcycle that also only has one seat and no foot pegs for the <clears throat> friend on the back. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I remember a couple of years ago after the light sport movement, started taking off the uh, vendor area and the ultra uh, down in ultralights was almost deserted and uh, got to speak with those folks earlier this week and they have 40 booths uh, back now and uh, uh, with expectations that that's going to continue to grow so um, I'm beginning to think the mass the non-mass arrival of Comanches that got canceled because of the weather is happening unofficially here because I've seen about six of them go by in the last ten minutes. Yeah, there's definitely airplanes arriving here. This is a a nice sign. Oh, yeah, it's always lovely to see traffic coming in. And from our vantage point here, you can turn around and look over your shoulder sometimes and go, whoa, no, dude, not here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm seeing... Pull up, pull up. I'm seeing aircraft uh, in the pattern for uh, 927 over there, uh, and uh, I'm seeing, you know, airplanes actually touching down on the runway. We're seeing a lot of airplanes coming in and touching down on 1A here, which is just off to our, or to my right, 
Um, and uh, it's uh, it's definitely picking up. If you're out there in the world and uh, and you were delayed in coming into uh, Whitman for the show or or weren't sure if you wanted to do it, um, take a look at the notum. Take a look at the uh, the uh, latest ATIS and all that kind of information to make sure that there's parking available for you. But uh, but I think you're going to be able to make it in here. And uh, well, and 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 this runs until. Yeah. You know, August 1. Yeah, I mean, we're just getting started. It feels we're like we've been started. here forever. Which, so, well, if, we have. Yeah, I know, yeah. If uh, if you'd been on the fence about this or hadn't really considered it, this may be the easiest that you'd ever get in and get a good place to park along about Wednesday because so many places have not filled up with airplanes like they normally do. And, uh, you know, could be a real a boon for you getting a sweet parking spot right. and a good good location with uh, access to the new showers there's new showers here there's new flushable potties here a lot of changes to the grounds that uh, would make it uh, a good time to consider it there's so you know operators are standing by i'm sorry controllers are standing by yeah and the controllers better be standing by because it's going to get really busy any day now it's uh it's going to be. It's going oh, to be I like. Think, I think tomorrow we're going to see things return. It's yeah. going to be like the old days. I mean, it's going to be really cool because uh, um, I remember back in the earliest days I was coming here, where um, the arrivals, uh, the the, uh, the the regular camper plane arrivals, was much more bunched up. They would, you know, there would be a couple of days, a couple of mornings and afternoons where a lot of people would arrive, and you'd look up final and you'd see fifteen airplanes up final, and the pattern would be full, and the controllers were stopped, were talking nonstop, and it was just a blast to watch. Right. Um, um, and over the years, EAA has worked, and in the long run, this is a good thing. All right, but what they they worked at smoothing the week out so that there weren't these these big mass arrival things, you know, um, these big rushes. And they've done a pretty good job of smoothing it out, so you don't see that as much anymore. The, that ten planes on final thing, but but we may see ten fifteen planes on final in the ne- over the next couple of days. Yeah, as, I'd like to see that again myself, but. Uh, uh, the one thing I would not want is is a controller's job here over the next couple of days because I think the Pepto Bismol will be out and flowing heavily. Yeah. No, these guys are pros. They're yeah, having I know they're time. pros, but even pros have bad days. Yeah. There's a reason why they gave them pink shirts. That's right. <laughs> Wait a minute, what is that? The Pepto Bismol. Oh, the Pepto Bismol. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Dave's humor. I usually get Dave's humor like, like a couple of days later when I'm editing the episode. <laughs> well, you know, at least you get it. Most of us don't. So. <laughs> Anyways, so what else we got here? Oh, so. Uh, one of the interesting attractions that's supposed to happen here this week is the cluster balloon guy. <laughs> Say that very carefully and he very, said very carefully. Right, yeah. The cluster balloon. So this is the guy. This is like an old joke, right? But apparently it's not. All right. Well, this, this is, is the guy who gets all from back in the eighties or this something. This is that Pixar yeah. movie that was just out recently, uh, where the guy did balloons and when his house went flying, right? His up, house. up, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but this is real. The guy really does have a rig that he then lifts off the ground with a whole bunch of balloons. It's got an end number, it's right? Got an end number. Not really. Yes. Yeah, yeah, really. Yes. <laughs> it's registered. It's certified. Uh, it is, uh, I believe, uh, in the light sport category. Now you're making that up. No, no. No, he's no. not. UCAP's favorite aviation agency <laughs> came out and certificated that airplane. <laughs> that, that aircraft, excuse that me. That aircraft, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we know where to go with this now. <laughs> well, the, the, the gentleman that, uh, I'm going to mess up his name, uh, but I believe it's Trap. I'm not even... I and he... Actually made a legal crossing of the English Channel. Okay. 
and he's flown at a couple of places here in the U.S., including overnight flights, because since it's N-numbered, no, it can't be light sport. He couldn't be doing the light. It must be standard category for the balloon. Well, I, I bet it's amateur build experimental. Yeah, I, I, that's a lot for balloons. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's flown at night. He's got light. So can carry how many balloons people. are we talking about? Yeah, here? He, he hangs a transponder on. on yeah. <laughs> Battery powered, you know, yeah. comms, lights, whatever. Yeah. yeah. How many sure. balloons are we talking about here? About 40. And we're, ta- we're not talking like balloons that you get at the carnival here. We're talking like balloons, right? Well, we're talking like weather balloons. Them weather balloons. Two of them look like they've got smiley faces on them. <laughs> <laughs> and these are filled with helium, I would imagine? Okay. Yep. All right. And and how does he control, you know, height? Does he does he add and release gas from it, the balloons? Or? He uh, apparently has learned, or it, whether it was he or one of his uh, predecessors that's also into this particular sport, um, uh, learned to lash their knife to themselves. See, you guys are making this all up. I know you are. I kid you not. You you grab a string, pull a balloon down, let at it with the knife, and and you got less lift. And the Fizdo went for this. You're telling me the Fizdo said, oh, well, yeah, okay. It, you, you pull the balloon down, you open it up, you inhale it, and then you call traffic. <laughs> Okay. All right. When's uh, he supposed to fly this thing? Does anybody know? Thir- Thursday is the prospective day. Right. It's weather, a weather permitting yeah, kind of thing. Right. right. Thursday. But, uh, uh, yeah, Thursday is the day. And uh, I, I personally am anxious to see this. Yeah. It's not uh, an inexpensive yeah. affair. No, uh, it, uh, Especially if you're uh, poking uh, holes in balloons all day long. Just yeah, to get that's that helium is so much really expensive way to fly than, 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 than you know, propane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say the gentleman <laughs> has a uh, has his gas balloon rating or whatever it is that you have on a balloon license. A free, a, free balloon. Yeah, free, free balloon. It, it, uh, he's, okay. he's got his cluster certificate. Or something. <laughs> 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 oh, we're, we're starting to punchy. Yeah, all right. Okay, here we go. Oh, look, DC three on final, right up here. Yes, indeed. Yeah, another one arriving, uh, and then maybe two, two actually. Other, another one, one in the distance. Him. Yeah. So uh, this is just starting to starting to turn cool. This has been a very mellow air venture so far because of the whole, you know, yeah. airplanes not being allowed in thing. I, the whole vibe has been. It's different. been very yeah. very quiet feeling, um, but it seems like it's starting to ramp up now. Uh, so we oh got my a, God! Uh, I just saw Casper Wing flying into in, into the farm. That's one of your uh, ultralight buddies. Yeah, Casper wing. It's a, a, a rigid wing hang glider with tip sails and uh, a design that, to dump air out of the through the tip sails so it would descend vertically. So here we go. On final for 1.8, we've got a, a little, looks like a Tiger or something like that, followed by a DC-3. A Tiger's going, you know, full power. Pedal, pedal. <laughs> yeah, faster, faster. Martha, well, well there's still a DC-3 hard. on the runway. Fwapada, fwapada. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's an RV. It's not a Tiger, but uh, tri- tricycle gear RV of some RV. sort. And uh, but he's like booking it down the down because the, <laughs> there's a TC3 coming right behind him here. This is great. This is just oh, like there some, goes a uh, T6 Texan two. Okay. Oh, it's Tupper's airplane. He had a lot of fun flying that airplane. That's <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice airplane. Yeah, um, I bet it is. I bet it is. It is. Hawker, uh, well, Raytheon Aircraft yeah. developed he, it out of a Pilatus PC-9. Design. The second DC-3 that's, is now touching, that's pretty. touching that's down right pretty. in front of it. largely uh, unpainted, uh, the blue stripe down the side. Oh, boy, that could have been an eastern plane. Yeah. yeah. 
So what are we uh, looking forward to the rest of the week? Because there's a lot of things going to happen this this week now that the uh, ground is firming up and the rain has stopped. Hangar doors. Hangar doors. They're going to check out those hangar doors. We're not done yet. we got a whole other segment. We're going to take a break in a few minutes. But, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the week going to be you know, now that we're getting going. Well, why don't we talk about that after the break? Yeah, okay. Well, but we got two minutes we got to fill. Oh, oh we got <laughs> well, I got that problem. Well, in that case, let me let me show you my tap dance. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. Um, what else is going on here? Um, the, oh, I know what I want to talk about. Here's what I want to talk about. I started to talk about this in the daily yesterday, and you guys laughed at me. So, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> We would never do that. I'm shocked. Yeah. No, no, no. We might no. laugh with you. Actually, but. I just realized Randy will give me the answer on this one. Okay, so I'm in the I'm in Aeroshell Square the other night, and I'm just walking around, and I see across the square is the one of these UAVs. All right, and I see it, and I go, Oh, there's that UAV that was here last year. And as I get closer to it, I realize, No, that's not that's the same. That's not one. the same one. Because this one's much bigger. All right, what is this model that's over here? This is uh, this. That's actually the future of Grand Forks Air Force Base. Uh-huh. Uh, which is actually where I, I Denise uh, is giving us a little thumbs up here. She's where I grew this. up yeah. and where Denise went to. Uh, Don't sue for another year. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, went uh, went to school, um, but the uh, uh, that's the Global Hawk. Okay, and I believe this is just a mock up. It didn't fly in here. Oh, okay, uh, all right. Yeah. So, uh, but it is a very very large intercontinental. Autonomous. Oh, that's one of those. Okay, yeah. Vehicle. Apparently, autonomous capable. Yeah. So Skynet, uh, Jeb. This one, it could wake up and Skynet run amok here on Aeroshell Square. We should go saw it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it has resulted in a permanent TFR uh, to the west of Grand Forks Air Force Base. I mean, it's the, a mock-up. Why is there a t- well, no, no the, the Global real Hawk, the, the, the real okay. Global Hawks, yeah. and and. Uh, uh, it's it has uh, it's it's TFR status. I, I you know I, not prohibited airspace. It's it's as a TFR right now, and I don't understand that. Would they well, would they convert that to prohibited I, I at some I, point? I would think uh, they have to go through a rulemaking to do that. I believe, and why they haven't done so, I, I can't speculate. But this this whole thing kind of gets into another new product announcement this week. So far, Garmin has has come out with a modification to their uh, G1000, G3000 uh, autopilot system, uh, the autopilot system in the G1000, 3000. And basically it's, uh, they call it, uh, I forget, they call it ESP, which stands for um, something or other. The punchline is it uh, works to prevent the pilot from allowing the airplane to get too slow, to get too fast, uh, from overbanking, a variety of other flight regimes. And the autopilot will, whether it's engaged or not, as long as the system is enabled, it will rotate the, the, the wings back to towards a level attitude. It will raise the nose or lower the nose. As this, this is not the red button thing. This is yeah. not the red button thing. This is it's actually a blue this, button. Blue button, excuse it's, me. It's actually a blue button. <laughs> this is a new feature of, of uh, Garmin autopilots. It's not certificated yet. It will be Knockwood later this year. And then available on, on the Cirrus products as well as uh, uh, the King Air uh, 200 uh, G1000 installation. But we're starting to get you know we're starting to get to the point where the pilot only lands and takes off the airplane. And if you're in the military, you don't even have to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, right. and we'll talk about it some more. But. Uh, there but it, it 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 is it is overridable by the pilot. The oh yes, CSP. all of this. Yeah. 
and you can turn off this ESP so that it's not even running in the background and you're back on your own. Uh, so it's getting to the point where they're making it easier and easier for the pilot not to screw up. Now we just need the Gus system. Gas up, stupid. And they will have eliminated another big another big reason Coming why people soon have access. Coming to, to a Garmin and, uh, dealer near you, Gus. 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 <laughs> hey, for those of you listening live on EAA Radio or on the Internet stream, we'd love to have you listen to this podcast every week. You can check out our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or search for us in the iTunes store. It's free. And uh, remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can listen on any portable music player or on your laptop or desktop computer. Hey, we'll be back for one last segment. Uh, You're listening to the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on EAA Radio. There's Dave Higdon behind a camera lens, Jack Hodgson behind a mic, and Jeb Burnside, well, he's just behind. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. All right. That was the best one yet, and Jim didn't hear it. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and for those on the field who just thought the beacon came on, that was just Jeb turning red. I didn't hear any of it. You that. missed it. No. Okay, well, there you go. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Can you play that again? Hang on. Stand by. That bears hearing one more time. Yeah, okay. Here we go. He's working on here. Let's see. We've thrown a little curve at him, but he's going to do it. He's coming back. EAA Radio is proudly supported by Rotorway International. That's not it. Yeah, they got to block it. Here we go. There's Dave Higdon behind a camera lens, Jack Hodgson behind a mic, and Jeb Burnside. Well, he's just behind. <laughs> that's that's Mike Morgan, M O R, Mr. Morgan. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. So we're going to wrap this thing up in the next few minutes. Um, before, and, before, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, you know what we're sort of expecting for the rest of the week. What are they going to be the highlights? What are the things that maybe people should um, be on the lookout for for the rest of the week? First of all, though, uh, a couple things that you want to be on the lookout for is just a whole bunch more UCAP before the week is out. Um, we are going to be uh, doing episode UCAP 200. All right, the big two, number 200. Our bicentennial right. edition. And uh, we're very, very pleased that uh, EAA has invited us to do episode 200 on a special stage here at AirVenture uh, in the uh, EAA Welcome Center at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, we will be doing uh, uh, 200 with a g- genuine real live audience. At least I've, I've got to figure two or three people will show up. Yeah. All right. They, and did, that, that chicken wire that I ordered did, did come in. Yeah, right? we're going to put it right in front of the stage. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, episode 200, 11 a.m. on uh, Wednesday at the EAA Welcome Center. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be participating in Potapalooza on uh, Friday evening, uh, and that is at 7 p.m. in, I believe it's Forums Building Number 7, uh, but check your uh, forum schedule for that. That's Friday evening, Potapalooza. And then uh, finally, we'll be doing Episode 201, The Beginning of a New Era, 201, uh, on uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m., back here at the uh, EA Radio building out on their porch. And uh, we're going to, one of my favorite times of the year out there uh, on Sunday morning, watching the airplanes depart and enjoying the uh, Wisconsin morning. It's going to be great. So that's, uh, and then we're going to pick up doing, um, uh, and then all the other days we'll be doing more uh, uh, UCAP dailies. Mini-sodes. Yeah, which I'm having a lot of fun with. They're they're a lot of fun. We've been 
We, we could tell. Yeah, we've been doing these all over the uh, field, and uh, and that's a lot of fun. We've got a couple other locations in mind that uh, hopefully will give people a little bit of a sense of the place, and uh, and uh, and we'll have some fun uh, uh, talking about the things that we see in here. So. That's uh, uncon- that's uncontrolled airspace here at uh, AirVenture 2010. Uh, Jeb's playing with his telephone here. I can't quite figure out what. No, it's I was like. just I was just looking at my agenda for the rest of the week. You were you were asking about uh, you now what are we looking forward to doing this week uh-huh. and whatnot, and, and uh, I'm working for the newspaper again this year, thank- thankfully. Uh, uh, and uh, as part of that, uh, I have kind of a specific beat uh, mm-hmm. here at the at the show. Yep, and. Uh, Basically, the what I would call the policy uh, uh, development and, and implementation beat. Uh, and there's a series of meetings all week long involving EAA and, and uh, other organizations uh, uh, with uh, the FAA, with uh, TSA, uh, uh, Customs, etc. Um, and uh, one of the, uh, I think one of the uh, uh, major events or major. Uh, um, briefings, uh, topics that will be coming up during the week is alternative fuels. Um, we, we already talked uh, in this episode about some of the electric aircraft that are out there. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, um, as we all should know, uh, there is a uh, 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 possibility in the in the near term, near term being you know six, eight, ten years maybe, that we could see hundred low lead go away. And the problem, of course, is the lead in that fuel. Um, and the search is on hot and heavy after several years of, of being fairly uh, uh, moribund. But the search is on throughout the industry for a replacement. And uh, how that replacement is, is defined, how that replacement is uh, embraced, how it's manufactured, how it's distributed, how much it costs mm-hmm. now, are all issues that we all have to kind of come to grips with here. Yeah. Now, um you're, I'm going to call him your buddy, but uh, from Gammy, uh, is it George Brawley? George Brawley. Is uh, apparently doing a forum later this week. He is. Uh, I stopped by their booth earlier today, and I was just kind of chatting. I was asking if they had any information about their take on fuels, uh-huh. and uh, they said they did not have anything, but they referred me to this forum later right. in the week. Right. And uh, I think that's on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Thursday we should, should double-check. Or, or yeah, everyone we, we should, will, if you're yeah. interested, double-check your, uh, your uh, AirVenture forum schedule for... Uh, for uh, George Barley from Gammy's session, mm-hmm. and that could be pretty interesting. This whole thing is really starting to uh, heat up and come together. Sort it's, of. It, before it's over with, you're going to you're going to get an education not only in um, uh, hydrocarbon constituents, uh, but in um, uh, refinery capacity and, and procedures. You're going to get an education in uh, how um, um, fuel is distributed, how it's managed. Um, uh, at, uh, at the airport, how it's delivered into the airplane, um, what happens when it's burned in the airplane engine, and uh, perhaps most importantly, you're going to get an, uh, an education in um, how political decisions are made, how policy decisions are made in this country, and it's not going to be pretty. Really? Yeah. A little bit like making sausage. <laughs> because we literally are, that's right, sausage and legislation, yeah. David, what do you think's uh, on the agenda for later this week? What's going to be notable? Oh, Jiminy, there's going to be, well, if some of the things keep happening on schedule, like we were talking about the cluster balloon flight on Thursday, uh, some interesting flight demonstrations coming along. I'm looking forward to getting into the hangars when my work is done, uh, which is the last day that we get to stay here. Uh I want to see some of the new stuff that the Avidyne folks are, are, are working on. They've created uh, a software enhancement to their newest autopilot that does many of the things that Carmen was just talking about. Uh, 
a couple of new little avionics widgets, some upgrades to one of my favorite boxes, uh, the Aviator Ace, and I haven't upgraded the one I've been using yet, so I want to talk to Honeywell about how that works out. Uh, want to look at a couple of the uh, couple of the uh, uh, items that uh, go into the panel, uh, and I'm hoping that somebody will finally start to. Uh, build some standalone WAS receivers for GPS that aren't integrated into a $30,000 system, 30000 or more, so that, uh, you know, more average pilots can afford to upgrade to that kind of system. So it's going to be a busy, interesting, enlightening. Uh, and then, of course, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that first opportunity to have a bratwurst. So. That's what I was going to ask. So what's the party situation this, later this week? Well, between our minisodes and meetups and work and all that, uh, we actually having to juggle to get some of this in. But it's shaping up quite good. There's something tomorrow night. There's something uh, Wednesday night. Uh, there's something Thursday night. Are you night. not going to share? You're not, you're not, not on the air. No. <laughs> we had a good time uh, the last couple of nights. We, uh, Cirrus put on a nice little do that we were over at. And... Uh, I think it was the night before. I'm losing track of all the nights here. We did our sushi thing, which was a lot of fun this year. That was great. Right. That was Saturday night. Yeah. And uh, we've been hanging out at the pizza place. Uh, we've made our um, uh, obligatory one, more than obligatory, it's a pleasure to go to Artie and Ed's. We've been to Artie, Ed's, Artie and Ed's once. We'll be back before the... Right. Uh, we had dessert there the other night. That's right. So, uh, But uh, a lot of uh, evening activities going on uh, throughout the uh, week uh, between our UCAP ones and, and others. We'll be checking those out. Randy, are there any particular stories you're looking forward to as the week progresses? Are you buying a hangar door or anything like that? <laughs> no, I, my uh, my needs are, are relatively small right now. Um, although there was a cool little Bluetooth thing now that you could, you apparently, I think Pilot Avionics has that you, I, I want to see. Is that for a headset thing? Well, you plug it in in line with your headset and then it'll Bluetooth to things like your iPad and... Um, um, and your uh, mobile, mobile telephone. So um, I, I've been looking for ways to get some of that stuff integrated, but not really wanting to tear all the wiring out of my panel to, to mm-hmm. do it. So uh, that's kind of interesting. On uh, Saturday, um, I'm assuming both morning and evening, that's, that's typical, um, uh, they're planning a hot air balloon launch. Right. Which is... Uh, I think a new tradition for for air venture. It's been years and years since I had hot air ballooning at, at an air venture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we got a night air show coming up. On exactly on for, Saturday. Uh, Saturday Saturday evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be pretty cool Saturday evening, and uh, and there's another live band that night as well. And uh, oh yeah, we got the Lieutenant Dan band here. Asleep at the wheel is going to be here. That's right. Uh, so there's a lot going on. If you're not here unlike, already, unlike Dave, who's just asleep at the switch. <laughs> Ba-da-boom. 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 Anything else before I do our thank yous here? Uh, Anything else we want to point out to people? uh, Just reiterate that if um, they had planned to come to Oshkosh this year but got put off by uh, the parking situation and the soft ground, um, by the time you hear this, um, the situation should be resolved. So come on down. The firmament is firming up. So come on up. Yep. So it's uh, getting close to sunset. Well, about a half an hour to sunset here, which means the airplane airport will be open a little bit longer. Uh, we are seeing uh, airplanes coming in. They're doing a cool arrival here on on one eight, 
where they do a, a left downwind to 1.8, a left pattern, and then they do this great swooping sort of a downwind base to final thing. And it's uh, like watching a carrier approach. Yeah. Right. You know, in a World War II style where they, they got a beam the uh, end of the car- carrier and then they did a descending 180 and that's a little bit like what you see here. Yeah, so it's I've always liked that approach. I think it's kind of cool looking to see them swooping down uh, on uh, base to final. Just have I to can remember on- to level the wings. Yeah, I can honestly say I don't practice that one often. Yeah, no, no. I, and and it, to, to arrive in the area and suddenly have to do that... Uh, um, you know, but there's a lot of good piloting that happens here. Admit it. You just like to say swooping, swooping, in. swooping. Anyways, hey, listen, we've had a lot of fun here. Uh, we're going to be doing it a couple more times this week. Uh, we'll be back here on uh, Sunday. We'll be out on the uh, member center on Wednesday, uh, and check out the dailies every single day throughout the uh, throughout the rest of the week. Um, before, what's going on out there? Well, the Super Cub on on big Tundra tires rolled about thirty yards. And, Lifted off about and then just jumped into the air. He's just yeah, practicing he's, for he's Valdez. Right. Yeah. A bunch of people we want to thank here. Uh, uh, we want to, uh, uh, without any doubt, we want to thank uh, uh, Farid Gio, who is uh, formerly with EAA Radio and now with EAA, um, who uh, has always been a great friend to us. Uh, we want to thank uh, Tom Ballesteri and Jim Gray uh, and everybody else here at EAA Radio who have been just, just great hosts and, and great help to us uh, in, in doing our little radio show here. But not Mike Morgan. But not Mike Morgan. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike we, we, we owe you a beer or two. So, And if you can come up with a couple of more like that, we could even make it a 12-pack yeah. before the week's out. We want to thank all of our friends at EAA for all of the uh, the help and accommodation and, and just good times that they've shown us. So we really appreciate that. Uh, Alan Klapmeyer was here earlier. We really appreciate him taking a few minutes to tell us about his new project and, and share his passion for aviation with us. Uh, Randy and Denise Dufault, thanks for stopping by. Denise had to sneak off because she apparently has some sort of social engagement that she had to wander off to. But oh, The pleasure. It, it's just been a, it's a great pleasure, Jack. No, you're, we're glad yeah, you came by. We're glad you came by. Don't want to forget Amy. Thanks to Amy for uh, being with us, and uh, um, and she'll be back with us on Wednesday morning as well. Uh, that's Dave Higdon. Uh, he's the uh, managing editor of Air Venture Today here at the newspaper. Uh, thank you, David. And, Thanks uh, for having me. Jeb Burnside is the, what's your beat called? Uh, government policy. Government policy. Well, it's just so exciting. I well, can they, they, we don't have an official name for it. It's just, it's just what I, I'm. I'm on the masthead, <laughs> okay. as are you. That's He's right. the sausage sampler. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'm Jack Hodgson. David, were you going to say something? You want to live a long time? Come to places like Air Venture in an airplane, because when you go flying, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. That's Bye-bye. right. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. TTFN. <laughs> <laughs>